Hello and welcome to Podcast Open Mic. I'm Lorenzo. Uh, we'll have some live performers on uh, very soon. I have one uh, scheduled for April. But uh, during the winter months, we just kind of fill in the gaps. Um, and uh, this week, I uh, found some old MP3s. Of uh, of stuff uh, with some old friends who aren't with us anymore, and some stuff I like, and uh, it's just a real mixed bag. First up is my friend John, who uh, passed away. Gosh, I don't know how many years ago, but one of his claim, claims to fame was he was uh, at Woodstock. And we chatted about it. Ah, so I'm here with my friend John, who uh, 40 years ago, two weeks ago, went to Woodstock. Do you meet a lot of people who say they've been to Woodstock, and do you think most of them are lying to you? Uh, I meet a lot of people who say they wish they'd gone, and especially a lot of younger people. But it really wasn't all cracked up that the media makes it out to be. So where'd you hear about it? Where'd you, where'd, was it just another show? It was like, ooh, look at all these people and all this. Well, actually, I saw the ad for it in the Baltimore Sun newspaper. And it had so many good performers that I wanted to see. And I thought, well, let's do it. So did you actually, did you actually buy a ticket? Or were you one of the ticket holders? Uh, no, I wasn't one of the ticket holders. <laughs> but I had my $20 in my pocket in case they sold them there. And was it tough getting to the uh, to the site? No, actually, we went up a couple of days before the concert started and uh, just kind of hung out for a few days. Oh, okay. So you weren't one of the people who ditched your vehicle on the New York Thruway or something? No, actually, where we were parked, we pretty much laid in the van and could hear all the music from where we were. Yeah. Could you? So you you kind of you couldn't actually see anybody. I mean, there were no giant video screens at that time. No, absolutely not. So you just sort of, like, heard the announcement or, or identified the music and said, oh, okay, that's Joe Cocker. That's Yeah, actually, uh, actually, it took us quite a while to walk down to get to the front of the stage after the first day. Of course, we were on some kind of psychedelics, and the girl I was with said it was a 45-minute walk, and who knows? But it was interesting. So when you say that the front of the stage, how close did you get? Probably within 20 feet. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. For how much of the show? For quite a few acts? or We probably saw about three or four acts the first night. But we heard, uh, especially remember Joan Baez at the end of the evening. And it was really cool out. And uh, her voice just was beautiful. It just radiated through the hills, you know. That's one of my favorite memories of that night. So was it three three days, three days and nights, was it? Actually, it was three days, and Monday morning was the end. I was with Jimi Hendrix Monday morning. So he kind of closed out the show. Yeah, and I think half the people had already left by then. Wow. <laughs> to beat the traffic. <laughs> well, we stayed around a little longer because... We decided to pick up 
dis disregarded things people had left there. So we had yeah. quite a collection of pipes and bongs we took with us. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> so what other uh, performances do you remember? Uh, Cretans, the band, uh, like I said earlier, Ravi Shankar, Joe Cocker. That was uh, when Joe Cocker finished performing, that's when the big rainstorm came through. And by that time, it was just totally mudded out now did you bring did you bring enough food or were you kind of fully prepared or we came in with a lot of tw twinkies and a lot of <laughs> bottles of gallo wine huh. so we weren't really prepared for it we didn't know what to expect so were people sharing food or how would you how'd you get by i don't think we ate too much they had some food vendors there and we picked up a couple of hamburgers, I think, on Sunday. And that's probably the extent of the eating. We really didn't have the urge to eat that much. So, and you had mentioned to me that um, you, you had a rider with you that was pretty interesting. Yes, we, uh, we gave a ride to an Amish girl. And uh, she turned out not to go back to the Amish religion and... She's got a successful restaurant in uh, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware now. Was this her first venturing out into the real world, you know? Or? I don't think it was. Okay. I think she was well prepared ahead of time for it. So what other, besides the music, what other memories do you have? Just meeting people, different people, and uh, uh, nude swimming in the ponds, things like that. Uh, the fact that it was in August, I was kind of amazed how cold it was at night, damp and cold. And, uh, you know, we really didn't expect, we didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Actually, it didn't sink in until maybe two weeks after we left that it was a big event. While we were there, it was just, you know, music and fun. Right. You, were, you weren't, you didn't see the news reports as you were there, obviously. No. But they make a little announcements from the stage that certain highways were shut down or closed. And we did walk around a lot of different places and different streets and roads just to see, you know. And it was a mass of traffic. Did you meet any of the townspeople there? We went to one little grocery store which didn't have any food because it was sold out. But the uh, townspeople were really nice. Everybody was, you know. I think uh, I think it was nice that the police didn't bother anybody, you know. Yeah. And uh, just something that I never be duplicated again. Have you been back to uh, to the site? Actually, I went back for the 40th anniversary. Oh, what was that like? Uh, well, I didn't have my hopes up for anything really big. And uh, basically, it was talking to anybody you wanted to talk to, finding out how their lives were going. And it was interesting that the couple that had their picture taken for the original Woodstock album, Wrapped Up in Blankets, have still been married 40 wow. years together. Wow. So that was pretty neat. And I know they've, they've like put a museum in there and all that stuff. Did you hit any of that? or? Oh, yeah, we did the tourist thing. Oh, okay. You know. 
the multimedia museum and all that? Yeah. So what's that like? Well, it's just, you know, they had the old bus painted up and everything, and, you know, just, it was kind of neat in a way, but... How much is it to get into the museum? I think it's $12. Oh, okay. Not too bad. I think that's what charge was. Of course, we were a little messed up there, too, for the 40th anniversary. <laughs> so, you've seen the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did that, did that convey the feeling of the... Uh... Of the festival, and you told me you were in it at some point, right? This is the original movie we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, the original movie. Uh, right after Joe Cocker got done playing, they kind of flashed down in the crowd, and I was there with a wine bottle. That's my claim to fame. Ah, I'm still waiting for the royalty check for my appearance. <laughs> it's for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, so what do you think of all this, like, uh, Target selling all this uh, Woodstock stuff, you know? And, I mean, the kids who, you know, whose parents probably weren't even born yet. Is it kind of disgusting to you, or what? <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Okay. In a way. Uh, it's a money-making thing. Yeah. I guess, you know, it's odd to see people 15 years old wearing all this stuff. And I certainly wouldn't buy it myself. If you had to pick one moment, I guess, from the whole experience, what, what would you? Probably, probably seeing Ravi Shankar. I think that would the highlight. That kind of opened my mind to different music, you know, from different parts of the world and stuff. Had you heard him before that? I did hear him before. Okay. But I wasn't really familiar with all the different stuff that it led to in my life you know, enjoying different music from different cultures. I'm not stuck in that time period. In fact, I'm still, I'm listening to stuff like the fiery furnaces now, and I, I still keep an open mind, and I still listen to music that people in their 20s are making and everything, and I just enjoy music so much. Well, thanks, John. Well, it's a pleasure to be back in Maine. Okay. I'll talk to you on the 50th. All right. Okay. Next up is a commentary I did that uh, I didn't win any awards, but it just means a lot to me. I've told you what I do for a living before, but, you know, if you're listening for the first time, I'll go over it again. I work with people with mental retardation, developmental disabilities, mental illness. Nobody has one diagnosis. I know I don't. We're all pretty complex human beings. And I like working with a lot of different people. I've worked in residences, day programs, with a pretty big population. When I was a case manager, I had 18 clients. And then they asked me to take this job where it was one-to-one, -one, five days a week, eight hours a day. And I liked the guy I worked with. A lot. But that's a lot of one-to-one -one time. And to me, it got boring. So I went out and found a new job with a company that deserves me. And I'm what they call a float. I go from job to job working at houses and day programs and wherever I'm needed. There's some drawbacks, I suppose. It's not a Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 sort of thing. I've requested Saturdays off because Lynn works Monday through Friday and Saturdays are special to us. But I said to them, anything else is open season. And Monday night I got something I hadn't done before, an awake overnight shift. 
I was nervous. I'm not 20 anymore. Or 30. Or 40. I have worked overnight shifts, but those were sleeping. You came in. The guy I was working with was already in bed. He got up at 6 o'clock. I helped him get ready for the day. I'm out of there. Not this. You have to be conscious at 3 o'clock in the morning. Not an easy task. Well, I prepared as best I could. Tried to take a nap in the afternoon. But unless you're 4 or 84, napping when you usually don't, it's not easy. I packed like I was going camping for the week. Triscuits, mini granola bars, tangerines, grapes, Diet Pepsi. Very ripe bananas. I like my, my bananas very ripe. And regular coffee. Coffee is essential. And it's a good thing I brought it because at this house I only drink decaffeinated coffee. And really, decaffeinated coffee? It's like petting a cat. What's the point? Well, luckily I was paired up with a person who's been in the business for a while. And we had a lovely chat for most of the night. And when you spend an 11-hour shift with someone, you get to know each other's lives pretty well. I know she knows a lot about mine now. She's welcome to do a commentary. But I did everything I was supposed to do. Check every couple hours on someone who needed to be repositioned. All the sort of nitty-gritty I won't bore you with. And I made it. At 7 o'clock that morning, I treated myself to breakfast at a funky little diner in Biddeford. Biscuits and gravy, thank you. Went home, went to bed at 9 o'clock in the morning. Woke up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Felt great. I can do this, I thought to myself. Then around 9 o'clock that night, watching the DVR with Lynn, I started nodding off. Yeah, I thought, I'm not 20 anymore. And then I dreamed I was. Next up is the piece I put together for, well, at this point, he's the second worst president we've ever had. So I hear the voices, and I read the front page, and I know the speculation. But I'm the decider, and I decide what is best, and what's best is for Don Rumsfeld to remain as the Secretary of Defense. We want to promote families in America. Families is where our nation finds hope, where wings take dreams. First, let me make it very clear, poor people aren't necessarily killers. Just because you happen to be not rich doesn't mean you're willing to kill. You want to be uh, blunt about what has taken place. Sometimes when you don't measure, you just shuffle kids through. Then you wake up at the high school level and find out that the liter literacy level of our children are appalling. We cannot let terrorists and rogue nations hold this nation hostile or hold our allies hostile. Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. This is an impressive crowd, the haves. And they have mores. <laughs> Some people call you the elite. I call you my base. <laughs> I don't think we need to be subliminable about the differences between our views on prescription drugs. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful. And so are we. 
They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets that we're going to have a draft. We're not going to have a draft, period. We got an issue in America. Too many good docs are getting out of business. Too many OBGYNs aren't able to practice their, their love with women all across this country. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. It fool me, you can't get fooled again. The only good thing about a nightmare is that eventually you wake up. America has woken up. Happy 2009. If I may, one more commentary. This is called Trumped. But as it states, it has nothing to do with you know who. I had a family night at the Sea Dogs a few weeks back. You paid 10 bucks, you could take the whole family. Did you do that? Did you take the kids? Did you see a monster waving at people, shaking hands, slapping five? Guess what? That was me. There's a story behind that. Lynn works for the Press Herald, one of the few people still left. I guess we'll see in the next few weeks if that's still the case. And a while back, the Press Herald partnered with Monster.com. Well, every so often, the Monster.com monster, his name is Trump, because he has a trumpet for a nose, not because he has a weird-looking hairpiece. Well, they've got a big old costume of Trump. And when they host things, it like Sea Dogs games, someone gets into the Trump costume. Well, the woman who usually does it couldn't do it. And there was a memo going around the office. Anybody want to be Trump? And Lynn knows who she married. So she asked me. And I jumped at it. I've always wondered what it'd be like to be a mascot or someone in one of those character costumes. Thankfully, I didn't have to walk around very much. The feet in the costume are like two big platters. My feet are big, but they're not that big. And the pants part of the costume had this really cheap drawstring, which didn't hold up, and, and I found my pants falling down occasionally. And no, I wasn't going commando. It was, after all, family night. But I needed other people to haul them up every so often, my handlers. And there wasn't much I could do about that because my torso was inside this big cavernous thing that was uh, represented Trump's head. Trump is like a newborn, with the head being 80% of the body. And my arms stuck out of the side. I had four fingers, just like a cartoon character. Well, bottom line was, it was a blast, from what I could see, which was not very much. My point of view was strictly through Trump's uh, mouth. So it was like he ate me or something. Kids were either totally fascinated or totally freaked out. The ones who were freaked out, I backed off. I really didn't want to be responsible for years of therapy. And your interactions are pretty limited. You can wave, high-five, and shake hands. That's about it. You can't really hug. Your arms don't connect. And one of the rules is Trump does not speak. And I couldn't help myself. Kids were asking me questions, 
and working with the death, I started answering in ASL. Very hard to fingerspell with four fingers. And some kids even got it. Hey, he's signing. Well, I was in the suit for less than two hours, and then I got to enjoy the game in a skybox with a terrific view of Hadlock Field and all the junk food I could eat. The sea biscuits went quick, though. I didn't get one. I liked it so much, I'm doing it again. So if you go into the game on June 4th, look for Trump and tell him you like his commentaries. Finally, a chat with my good friend, Steve Hershon. I don't want anyone to ever forget Steve Hershon's voice. So I will bring it back every so often. And uh, this is us talking about, well, uh, this is what gave this podcast its name. I suppose. Not only that, but DJ Dale is just pulling up now, so at some point we're going to have to let her in. But uh, it's 90.9 WMPG, Gorham, Portland, W281AC, 104.1 Gorham, Portland. We're Greater Portland Community Radio from USM. Hi there. My name's Steve. It's Hakanachinik. It's a nasty day. Lorenzo's here. He's going to tell us just how nasty it is right now, but how wonderful it's going to be later on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It was nice of my, it was nice of me to invite myself in to uh, talk about radio open mic and then uh, be fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes late. Uh, but my yeah, I park outside. My car was under glass, as it yes. were, uh, a lovely glaze. So <laughs> I had to uh, get it out from there. And you know, people are taking it slow outside, so I took it slow right behind them. Um, but thanks for having me on. No, my pleasure. Uh, this afternoon is Radio, Radio Open, Open Mike. Mike. Uh, Radio Open Mike Live is what we're calling it because it is live this time uh, over at the Student Center in the Amphitheater. Oh, it's the oh, doom, 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 doom. I think I, I think I said it was over at the Talbot Auditorium. So. Oh, that'd be a good place, but uh, no, it's over. Yeah, we'll have signs. We'll point you to the. Uh, yeah, it's over at the uh, student uh, in the in that really kind of funky where they have the art exhibits. The uh, kind of, yeah. The amphitheater. Amphitheater. The amphitheater-like uh, environment. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it is. Yes. And Always lovely to see Dale. She's yeah. a lovely ray of sunshine. Yeah, she, is, yeah, she is. She is a ray of sunshine. And a- uh, it's funny. We were meeting here there. Uh, I don't know, last week. Or, yeah. And I was sitting in the uh, production studio and just see her kind of work. You know, it's just like, whoosh, whoosh, yeah, yeah, ricochet yeah. rabbit, as it were. Yeah, she's... If anyone uh, remembers that character. To coin a phrase, she's sunshine on a cloudy day. There we go. There <laughs> Or as we say about Maine, when it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mainers are tough. They'll be out today for Radio Open Mic. I'm not worried. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, we've got a lot of people saying, I'll be there no matter what. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 3 to 5 uh, down at the Student Center. It'll be live. You can perform. You can watch. Uh, too late for MP3s. I'm done. And it's funny. If you ask people for MP3s, they'll send you all kinds of files. Yeah. I've never seen these computer files they're sending me here. but You mean like Wave.3.2? Yeah, like or... zip files that, you know, turn into... Uh, pictures or something it's like wait no, yeah i'm lucky i can do the mp3 part of it right no no i think what happens is someone you know it's one of the things that i think i've learned about this this whole computer thing is that 
You learn what you can learn, and once you That's learn it, it <laughs> I've hit the wall. It's not even so much you've hit the wall. You don't really, you know, it, it isn't necessarily all that transferable. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I can do this too. It's like, I know how to do this. <laughs> so this is what you're getting. So who do we have today? Uh, well, uh, I can tell you who we, uh, let's see. <laughs> I, well, I can't tell you exactly who's going to be there, but uh, Dale Robin. Yeah, will uh, will be there, and she is our. She says, "Well, I don't have to perform, but we really want her to because she's yeah, wonderful. She's good. Yeah, and uh, I have to give Dale Robin a lot of credit because she's the one who pushed forward to do this in a live setting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, th- this is this thing will be to her credit or blame um, <laughs> when it comes together. And uh, we we've actually gotten some uh, some really good MP3s. I was putting together. Put it on disc yesterday. Yeah. And here, here's, here's one. Actually, the uh, Kalelas, uh, Ron and um, Rick. Rick, I'm sorry, Rick and uh, Elaine Kalela. Um, they were on the first radio open mic, which is my God, four years ago. Yeah. And uh, we've done. This will be our sixth. So we, it hasn't been quite annually. Sometimes we've done two in a year or so. Um, but they have sent in a couple MP3s, and Rick sent in one, is, which is just hilarious, and it's track number seven. Okay. So this will give you a little preview of what to expect um, MP3-wise, and God knows who's showing up live. So uh, please listen in. Please show up. Rick Kalala? Rick Kalala. Today, 3 to 5, here on WMPG. Sorry, that clip kind of cuts off quickly. Um, okay. Like I said, we'll start advertising again in the spring. We'll have live guests on again and uh, give you the best of podcasts open mic live until then. And um, if you have something for me, please get in touch at podcast open mic, that's M-I-C, at gmail.com. I'm Lorenzo. We'll talk again soon.